Well, I want to welcome each of you here this morning. Uh, good to see JB with us this morning. He got to come and visit, and y'all be sure and say hi to him before uh, he leaves and everything. You know, he's up there at the Hazel Manor nursing home, and uh, they're starting to do therapy on him, so maybe it will be pretty quick now, and he'll be out of that place and back here with us. So y'all keep him in prayer. I know I was up there Wednesday, and I visited with uh, JB, and I visited with Dale's dad, and I even got to see Grandma for a minute, but she didn't know who I was. And uh, I even pulled my mask down for a minute, but she still didn't know who I was, but I said hi to her. And she did. She said, I said, hi, Grandma. And she, hi. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know if she knew who I was or not. I kind of doubt it. But uh, I did get to see them and everything. I, I'm, I'm glad they're letting us back in there. Uh, you know, we have to call 24 hours ahead of time to set up a, a time that we can go see them. And so I called the other day and no problem at all. Got in there and seen them. And I, I wish the hospitals would do this or something. we get in there. And uh, so we got some people, you know, we need to keep in prayer. Uh, Roy, he's still fixing to have surgery Wednesday, isn't it? The 16th at 11 a.m. at All Saints Hospital? Okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, if you will, if you can check, I don't know if I can be there or not. Some hospitals are different, but if you'll let me know. Okay, but I guess it's still set up for the same. All right. And, uh, but uh, this, this morning, uh, like I said, I'm, it's so good to see you. I saw some things this morning, and uh, I can believe it. They say right now, is one of the slowest periods of things going on in the churches. So many people have quit going to church because of this virus thing. They say they're listening to it at home. But you know, that's not like being in church. That's not like sitting next to your friends. That's not like worshiping God the way that you can. Like when, like when they're saying it here, you can raise those hands, you can worship God, you can get closer to God. But if you're just sitting there on your couch, nobody else there, it's hard to get into the Spirit and worship God like we should. You know, God wants to be worshipped. It's just like this song that they were singing. Uh, that <clears throat> Holy, 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 holy is the Lord. Do y'all realize in Revelation it talks about the cherubs flying constantly around God's throne singing, Holy, 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 holy is our God. Constantly. God wants our worship. He wants our worship. He loves to hear us come to Him. We are His children. It's just like when your children come to you, I love you, Mom. I love you, Dad. Thank you for all you... How does that make you feel? Makes you feel pretty good, doesn't it? Well, God's the same way. It makes him feel good because we love him. And uh, but what I want to do this morning, many times we come to God and we wonder, we, we pray, we ask for things, and we wonder why nothing's happening. How come my prayers aren't being answered? I don't know if you looked at your bulletin or not, but if you saw the title of my sermon, God's 
promises have conditions. There's conditions that we have to fulfill ourselves. God has given us a word. I'll show you some of them here in just a minute. But God has set up things that we need to do in order to receive God's promise. Oh, His promises are, are yes and amen. But still, there is things that we have to do. And there's things that we have to repent of. Many times we come to God, and I hear not long ago, I preached on that. Why is some of our prayers not heard? Unconfessed sin. Unforgiveness. Not accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's just some of them. Well, God also, I'm going to read a couple of uh, scriptures to you in just a minute. Now, this is Moses. He's talking to the Israelites. God has given Moses something to tell the Israelites. He's fixing to set them free. But there's some things they're going to have to do. You say, you mean God's got conditions? I mean, just because we are saved, that doesn't do it? We can be saved and still we can ignore God. We can ignore what God has said. Because sometimes we're not thinking about it. We get off and things start taking place and then we just run to God. God, I need this. God, I need that. We are not coming to God in a holy, worshipful form. I want to read this right here to you. This is out of Deuteronomy. Uh, in chapter 28, God says what He will do. Listen to it. Should I get my glasses on? In verse 28, starting in verse 1. That's the only one I'm going to read out of 28. Uh, in, in this uh, part right here. But God gives blessings, and then behind that, He gives curses. That if we don't follow what He says to do, listen to it. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. And it shall come to pass, notice this big word, this shall come to pass if you shall listen diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God and to observe and do all His commandments which I command you this day that the Lord thy God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. God will bless them greatly. If they will follow God's instructions, He said, I will set you above all nations. But there's a condition. If you shall listen diligently unto my voice or to what I have told you to do. God, all through God's Word, He has given instructions what we are to do. Now if we don't do them, let's look at this next one. This is Deuteronomy 28, 15. It's right after the blessings. Moses tells the people, 
but it shall come to pass that if you do not listen to the voice of the Lord your God and observe to do all His commandments and His statutes, which I command you this day, that all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. He's got blessings. He's got curses. If we will listen to God, follow God's instructions, do what God tells us to do, He blesses us. If we fail and we go against what God has said to do, He brings the curses. The curses run from chapter from uh, twenty-eight sixteen through verses sixty-eight. Look at all those scriptures of the curses that can come upon us by not heeding and obeying what God has told us to do. And we wonder, why is all these things happening? Why do, am I not being blessed like I should be blessed? Are you following what God's Word has said? They, His promises, have conditions. All through the Bible, there are promises that God has made. But before God keeps those promises, there's something that we have to do. Many people don't understand why God has not answered their prayers. Hey, I've been there. I've been there. God, but I prayed to you, and I, I don't see any results yet. But what we do not realize is that God's promises comes with conditions. If we will meet what God has told us to do, He will answer and give us the promises. It's only when we fulfill our part of our covenant relationship. Do you realize you've got a covenant relationship with God? You have a covenant relationship with God. And when we fulfill our part of that covenant relationship, then God fulfills His promises to us. Throughout Scripture, God tells us what we must do before we receive His promises. You know, I've heard people say, well, God has promised to give me the desires of my heart. And He has. He's promised to do that. And people will say, you know, but why hasn't it happened? I prayed, I've got these desires, and I haven't seen them yet. Look at that verse, and we'll see there's a condition attached to that verse. Most of us will read it, and we'll never see that condition. I'm going to read this scripture to you. Psalms 37, verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Now what is the condition? To delight ourselves in the Lord. To be joyous when we come into His presence. Be delighted that He hears us. Be delighted that we're able to sit there and talk to Him. Rejoice. Praise Him. Give Him praise when you come into His presence. (coughs) All through the Bible, and especially in Psalms, it tells us when you come into His courts, come in with praise and thanksgiving for what He has done. And most of all, God, I thank You and I praise You for what You're going to do. 
Most of us, we don't look at it like that. But we need to praise Him not only for what He has but for what He's going to do. What have you asked Him for? What have you asked Him to do? But when you come into His presence, was you delighted to sit there and be in His presence? Did you praise Him? Did you come in or did you just come in and immediately, instead of worshiping Him, thanking Him, giving Him some praise, just worshiping me out of your heart, did you just begin, well, God, I need this and I need that and I need it right now. Thank you. Spend a little time with God when you come into His presence. Worship Him. Love on Him. It's just like I've told y'all before. If my daughter wants to come to my house, just, Dad, I need this and I need that, I'll see you later. Hey, but I'll guarantee you what, if she comes to my house and she comes over there and she sits down beside me and puts her arm around me and says, Dad, I love you so much. But I need you to do me a favor. I need something. Honey, what is it? What, how soon do you need it? That's, that's, that's going to be my answer. Simply because she came. She sat down with me. She took a minute to love on me. To tell me she loved me. That's what God wants. He wants us to spend just a little time with Him telling Him how much we love Him. Amen. That we enjoy being in His presence. We are delighted to be in the presence of our Holy Father. But to delight in the Lord. When we obey what the Lord commands us, He sends us blessings. Isn't that what we read a while ago? In the blessings and the curses? When we obey, He sends the blessings. He wants to be worshipped. He wants to be loved. He wants to know that we truly care about Him and what He has done in our life, how He has intervened in our lives, all the things that He has done for us. To delight in the Lord means to have great joy being in His presence. Do you show joy when you're praying? Do you show joy when you're inviting God in? Or, Okay, God, I hate to come and ask you this, but you know, I'm in kind of a hurry. And No, take some time with God. We get in too big of a hurry. We need to take that time and enjoy the presence of God. When you're in the presence of God and you can truly feel His presence with you, you don't want it to end. You don't want it to end. You want it to linger. You want it to go on. Because it is so great. It is so delightful. It is such a joy just to know God took time to come and visit with me. To be in my presence. Somebody so sinful, somebody so unworthy, he took the time to come and be with me. How would that make you feel? That's what God wants. There are many verses in the Bible with promises, and with each promise there are instructions along with it. Whenever you come to God and you say, God, this is what you promised me. Before you do that, Read that scripture and see what the conditions to God answering that is. 
It comes with, you know, these verses come with instructions. And some of them, we, don't, we look over, we read over it. Just like, delight yourself. Well, what's that? To be happy, to be joyful, to be in the presence of God. He wants us to be happy about it, not sorrowful or mournful. But that's, one of the, that's the condition he, he put on us. If we want to get the, the, the delights, excuse me, the, <coughs> the desires of our heart, we have to delight in Him. That's his, that's his stipulation. You know, there's another one here, and we really need to look at this. And we all do it, we all say it, they say, we resist the devil, he has to flee from us. Well, that's true. God has given us authority over the devil, and we can tell him to leave. But first, there's something you must do. You've got to do something first. If you've ever read this scripture, listen. Here in James... Four, seven. There's something you have to do. It starts right out telling you what you have to do. The first two words. Submit yourself to God. Submit yourself to God. You don't have the strength and you don't have the power on your own to resist Satan. He's so much stronger and more powerful than you are. You're going to need somebody that's got power. I wonder who that would be. Submit yourselves therefore to God, then resist the devil, and he will have to flee from you. You submit to God and invite him in first. He's the one really that's making the devil flee. You have to put God in charge of your life. Has everybody put God in charge of their life? God, let your will be done. Father, not my will, but your will. Have me do. Have me serve you. How is it I can glorify you? What is it I can do? To show you to others. You know, there's a way every one of us can show God to somebody else. Through our life, our lifestyle, how we live, how we feel about God, our worship to God. You can show other people how to receive God. Show them the joy that you have because you do have God. Don't walk around with all sorrowful and like you just all down to the end of it. You've got something that many people do not have. You've got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. That should pick you up. That should make you joyful. That should give you energy. That should make you want to tell people about your God. Just think all the Holy Spirit has done for you. I look around. I see people in here. I know what the Holy Spirit has done in your lives. I've seen it. Share it. 
Tell others. Let me tell you what my God has done for me. Let me tell you what He brought me through. Let me tell you where I was and how He picked me up out of that miry clay and He set me up on the rock. I was sinking. <clears throat> I love that song. But then, He reached down His hand for me. I want Him to sing that song here for long. He reached down His hand. That is such a beautiful song and it's got such, it's, it's got such a tremendous meaning to it. When we are at our weakest, when we are at our worst, God is at His best. He reaches down. He gets you. He pulls you out of that mire. He yanks you right away from the grip of the Satan. He gets you. And He sets you on that solid rock. You know what that solid rock is? That solid rock is Jesus Christ. He puts you where you need to be. We have to submit ourselves to God to resist the devil. Many people believe they can resist the devil just because they go to church. You know, that, that, that'll surprise you. Many people just go to church. Well, everything's okay. I go to church. A lot of people go to church. What do you do in church? Do you worship God? Do you pray strongly? Do you feel the presence of God? Or are you just sitting there? If you're just sitting there, you're not receiving nothing. You know, sometimes to show God how much we are getting from Him and His presence, sometimes you have to get maybe, maybe just a little bit excited about what he's doing in your life. Sitting there like, I don't think God says, what in the world is wrong with you, honey? No. Get excited about God. God is somebody to get excited about. And what he does for us. We just don't even realize what God does. We pray well, God, but you know, sometimes God answers your prayer in a different way than how you pray it. I was talking to Cindy a while ago. She's trying to find a place. So far, two doors have been closed, just like I told her. I said, yeah, but wait till that next one opens. Wait till that next door opens and see what God's got for you. It's going to be a whole lot better than those other two. And that's true. I believe that. God's got more for you than what you think He does. That's what you need to do. God, I need that, but God, I want your best. And God says, good, that's what I'm going to give you. God wants you to have His best. You know, like I said, many people go to church, they, they, they think they can resist the devil, and they just wonder why. They're sitting there and they look over there and say, Satan, what are you doing sitting here in my living room? You got to first, what do we say? Submit to God. Put God number one in your life. Submit to Him. He's the one with the power to make Satan leave. God's condition 
hear this verse, we must first be in submission to God. Hey, if you want the devil to flee, be in submission to God. God's the one who's going to send him out. Send him out on his heels running. To submit to God means to put yourself under God's authority and under God's control. How many of you ever got up in, in the morning and say, God, I'm starting a brand new day. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? <coughs> Who do you want me to talk to? Who do you want me to tell them about you? Probably none of us. And that's one thing we need to do. God, if you want me to speak to somebody, if you want me to tell somebody about you, put them in my life. Put them in front of me. I'm going to guarantee you right now, you'll be surprised who you run into that day. See, that was one of my prayers one day. I got there, I don't know, I just felt it. I said, Lord, I don't know what this day is going to hold, but if there's somebody you want me to speak to, put them in front of me. I got to where I was going, and immediately I run into this guy. Every other word out of his mouth was a cuss word. Very belligerent. servant of the living true God and he's not enjoying what's coming out of your mouth. How would you like to have your life blessed? Have you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you had, you wouldn't be going through what you're going through. You're going through a lot of stuff, aren't you? He looked at me and he said, uh, yeah. I said, how would you like to get rid of that? Oh, I'd love to be set free. I said, there's only one way you're going to be set free and that's Jesus Christ. He didn't say no more. But he had tears running down his face. I run into him about three or four days later. He come up to me and said, I want to apologize. I'm sorry that I acted and said the things I did. But thank you for what you said to me. It made all the difference in the world. See, things will happen if you'll let God be in charge. If you will submit to God, things will happen. Another thing that doesn't hurt nothing is we need to put on that whole armor of God. People look, the whole armor of God, you know, I, I don't understand this. In Ephesians 6.11 it says, put on the whole armor of God so you may be able to stand against the wiles or the, or the lies and the schemes and the tricks of Satan. Just a couple of the pieces of armor. Helmet of salvation. What does that do? Well, for one thing, it helps to get saved. But another thing, you know what it does? What does a, a piece of armor, a helmet, do? It protects the mind. Protects the head. Do y'all realize the first thing that Satan comes at you at is your mind? Putting false stuff in your mind. Lying to you. After all, he is the father of all lies and the truth is not in him. He starts lying to you, telling you all kinds of things. If you don't have God, you're going to believe a lot of it. 
said he was a liar from the beginning. He's always lied. He cannot tell the truth. Then it says to put on the whole armor of God again. What another piece of armor? The breastplate. The breastplate of righteousness. What does that protect? Protects your heart. God don't want you to have a stone hard heart. He wants you to have a soft, pliable heart that he can do things with. He wants that heart protected. He don't want the world to get a hold of it. He wants it. And I guarantee you, when he gets a hold of that heart, something's going to happen. You're going to be a new person. You're not going to be that same person you were. You're somebody brand new. I know I've said it many, many times. It's one of my favorite scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, any man who is in Christ becomes a new creation. All the old things in his life have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are totally brand new. No sin in you. God sees none of that because he has cast your sin far away as east is from the west and he'll never remember it again. He'll never bring that sin up again. He's taking it away. God wants to use us. He wants to answer our prayers. But like I said, prayers and, and His promises have conditions. Once we've submitted to God and have His armor wrapped around us, we then have the power and the authority of God's power. Who's that? What did I tell you who you had in you a while ago? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is simply the very Spirit of God Himself living on the inside of you. That's power now. But through that, you can resist the devil and his demons. You can make them flee. Now, they're going to come back, but you can make them flee. Remember Jesus in the desert? The devil came against him. And Jesus made him flee, but he said he returned later. Devil's going to keep returning to you, but you can keep making him leave too. And when we want to receive from the Lord, now this here is something that says we must give cheerfully. Whatever we want to reap, we must first sow to the Lord. What do you want to reap? You must first sow it and give it to the Lord. Here in Luke 6, 38 tells us, Give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down and shaken together. It's going to be packed. And running over, shall men give unto your bosom. The same measure that you meet, or the same measure that you give with, it shall be measured back to you. The same measure we give with, God measures that back to us. In Galatians 6, 7, it tells us, Be not deceived. God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man sows, that he also reaps. What we sow, we reap. That's just like they, they, I've heard it used many times about a farmer. What he sows is what he reaps. He does not sow corn and reap wheat. He reaps what he sows. And that's the same way with us. God sees what we sow and he gives back to us again 
what we've sowed. So if we want to be close to God, feel His presence, we must first come to Him and invite Him in before He'll come down. Do you realize before God comes in, you have to invite Him? You have to want Him. You have to invite Him. Lord, I want you to come. I want to sit in your presence. Lord, I want, to, I want to have a conversation with you. I want to talk to you. I've got some things I want to say. I need some answers. When we invite God, that's when God comes in. That's kind of like that you know, knock on the door. God's knocking on your door right now. But you have to open the door. God's not going to kick the door in. You have to open that door. You have to invite God in. And then God said, I will come in and I'll sup with you. I'm going to spend some time with you. I'm going to come into your presence. I want to spend just a little time with you. Because I've got something I want to tell you. You know, each one of us, God's got something he'd like to talk to each one of us about, I'm sure. I know he probably would like to talk to me. Maybe he could get me straightened out. Right, hon? Okay. And, but, you know, but God wants to have fellowship. We'll just put it like that. He wants to have fellowship with each one of us. He wants to spend that little bit of time so we can know him. He knows us, but we, get to, we need to get to know him. We need to get to know him. You know, here it tells us in James 4, 8. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Who's it tell you, who's it tell to draw near first? Us. God's there. Draw near to God. Then he will draw near to you. He wants us to own him. Like I said a while ago, he's not going to kick the door. But I guarantee you, you invite him, he'll show up. I've seen him show up here in other people's lives. He wants to show up in your life. He wants to do some things in your life. But you have to invite him. You have to ask him. That's what he's waiting for. When we want our prayers answered, the conditions are we must draw near to God. <clears throat> it says that when we come into His courts, we come in with praise and thanks. Praise and thanks. Praising God and thanking Him. The Lord has said, <clears throat> the Lord has already said his, that His people, listen to this. We probably had never heard this. I've heard it before. I don't know if you have or not. But it says the Lord has said to his people that his people should not approach him empty-handed. But we should approach him with an offering. God said in Exodus 23, 15, None of you shall appear before me empty-handed. Don't come to me empty-handed. What are you thinking? You're thinking money, aren't you? God didn't say anything about money. I have never preached a sermon needing money. Y'all have been faithful. 
You've been, you've been so faithful. I don't have to preach on tithing and so forth. Come with your hands full of praise. Come with your hands full of worship. Come worshiping, loving, wanting to be in the presence of God. He'll open those gates to his court and he will accept you fully. Come in, my child. Come in. Just don't come to him empty-handed. Come to him with praise. Come to him with thanksgiving. Here in Psalms 96, 8, it says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Bring that offering of praise, that offering of worship, that offering of love. He will receive you. He will sit in your council. He'll talk with you. Psalms 104 tells us to enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts or his presence with praise, be thankful unto him and bless his name. How many of you ever just said, Lord, I bless your name this morning. I thank you. I bless your holy, holy name. That's scriptural. God says to come in to his course with praise and thanksgiving, blessing his holy name. And when you come before God, you're to bring that offering. Remember what we said? Offering of praise, an offering of thanks, an offering of your love, an offering of submission to him. That's what he wants you to bring. Remember, God owns all the cattle on a thousand hills. Everything belongs to God. Your offerings help His house to meet their debts and their bills. Oh, God could do it. But do you realize when you do it, the blessing that you get the blessing that you get because you're serving God. That praise and that worship, oh, that's what he wants and that's what he loves. So when you come to God, always bring that gift. Always bring that gift. Your submission, your offering of thanks for what he has done Lord, I thank you for what you have done in my life, for all my blessings. And Lord, furthermore, I'm praising I'm your holy name and thanking you for what you're going to do. He's not through with you. Many people say, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if God's got any use for me. Believe me. If he didn't have a use for you, you wouldn't be here. God's got a use for anybody that will say, Yes, God. Yes, God, send me. I'll go. I'll do it. If you're here this morning, I'm going to ask the band to come up.
If you're here this morning, if you would like to come to God with praise, worship, we have an altar here. If you've got needs, God wants to hear them. He knows what they are, but He wants that personal, special moment with you. He wants that special time with you. You and Him. He wants to hear you say, Lord, I love you. I worship you. I bless your holy name. Lord, I know that you are my God. I know what you can do, for I've seen what you can do. And yet, Lord, I know there's so much more you can do, and I want to be faithful, and I want to submit to you. See what happens. See what happens. You're going to see, you're going to see things happen in your life that you didn't even dream of. Because he loves you. And when you give him your love, he'll give you so much more than what you gave him. He already has. What did he give you? He gave us his one and only begotten son. If we should believe upon him, we should not perish, but we shall have everlasting life. That's a gift that can't be beat. Nobody can top that gift. But he still wants us to worship him, love him, and praise him. And thank him for the gift of his precious, precious son. So if you need to come to this altar this morning, please do. I'm going to be down front, and I will pray with you if you need prayer. Then right after this, we're going to serve communion. Remember what I so told you all last week on Memorial Day. What is communion? This is a memorial to thanking our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for what his death and what he did on that cross. We're thanking him. That's what we're doing here in just a minute. So if you need to come down, please do.